Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And this is the second one in this series with my conversations with people who are living the human design experiment. And this one is with Shirley Harvey. Do you remember Shirley? If you don't, please go back and listen to the first episode with Shirley. She's amazing. Okay. Now, Shirley is a manifester. Manifestors, remember, are super powerful. Their aura is so strong. Manifestors are the only human design type that, for their strategy, their strategy is to inform. In other words, to tell other people what they're going to do. And that really has nothing to do with them. It more is so it creates more ease in the people around them. Because when people know what a manifester is doing, they are less likely to interrupt the manifester when the manifester is in flow. So manifestors are like the being who flicks the dominoes. They see things before the rest of us. They start things. They start movements. Surely does this. They, their creativity comes in bursts, and they're supposed to rest in between bursts. Shirley is also a specific manifester. Now remember, manifesting style, whether you're a specific manifester or a non-specific manifester, has nothing to do with your energy type. Every single one of us, whether you are a reflector, a projector, a manifester, a generator, or a manifesting generator, every single one of us has a manifesting style. We're either specific manifestors or non-specific manifestors. Shirley is a specific manifester, so we get into that too. All right. I'm going to get out of the way, enjoy this episode, and please hit up me and Shirley on social media. Tell us your takeaways. Let's continue this conversation. And of course, for all of you, go forth and be awesome. Shirley, I'm so excited to do this with you. Thank you. Me too. I love playing with you, Kelsey. <laughs> I oh, I just love our time together. You are, when I thought of doing this series, I was like, well, obviously Shirley is the manifester because <laughs> you are, as much, as much as you have said that you're uncertain about it at times, <laughs> I've never known anyone to be more owning their manifesterness down to your creative style. Like you even own the like work in a burst and then rest and then work in a burst. A lot of man, that's the big thing that manifestors struggle with. Yeah. You're living your design and it's beautiful to watch. Wow. That's really nice to have that reflected back because I found this way of living and working that absolutely works for me and my energy but yet when I read the human design, I'm like, am I, am I? My mum's really kind of like lost the plot. She has no, like she has Alzheimer's. She doesn't even remember I was born, let alone when. <laughs> like, I'm not convinced this time is right. My dad doesn't even know which number child I am. <laughs> but I have this number in my head that this was the time I was born. And so like to hear that reflected back, like, and I can see it when I, when you say it and you, and you, you fed back, you know, I've had a session with you about it and I can see that, oh my God, yeah, I do live that. But I've never, I haven't really fully consciously owned the power of it. 
and even like when we spoke on Sunday, like I was still like not feeling and understanding the power of who I am as a manifesto or certainly not living into it because of fear and because because of fear of just how powerful it is. Which I think is normal for manifestors because what manifestors need to learn is that they're super duper powerful and they're here to show us that the rest of us, it's safe for all of us to step into our power. Yeah. And it's just so interesting that my entire life's purpose has been about like coming back to soul and coming back to our pure, like innocent soul blueprint really, which is the power of all of who we are. And so like everything I do is all about this. So, like, I'm kind of laughing to myself now as you're reflecting this back to me because I'm like, oh, I guess you're right. I probably am a manifester. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, for me, it's always just been my way or the highway and finding a way that works for me. And so the nine to five life never worked for me. I could never be under a boss because I would be under these people thinking oh my god you're so dumb like I just like I would just be like why am I why am I seen so below you when you're like I have all these answers and I have all this creativity and I have all this knowledge and yet I'm being told to go make cups of tea for a meeting room and so I, I just never could fit into this work life because I couldn't ever get my head around being told what to do. And I would find my own ways of just doing it my way anyway. Um, but then I've been super lucky that as I've grown, I've realized that there's always been this entrepreneurial spirit in me. And, you know, like even as a kid, I was like at eight years old making earrings and selling them to the old ladies at church like <laughs> so I've always had this desire and need for autonomy and and to be my own boss because it's like I realize I'm not able to be anyone like I'm not able to be the employee of anyone else mm -hmm. I have that too and I actually wonder if that's I think it is a manifester thing because manifestors are not supposed to take anyone else's opinions or ask anyone's permission um but I feel it too and I have the gift of I can do I can do it myself in my chart and yeah. it's not related to being an mg it's a it's a gate in my chart and I'm wondering if you have the same gate okay maybe because the other thing is is I've realized like you know if I I even sort of have to figure it out myself like you can teach me but until I get the aha myself or figure it out it's never gonna make an effect or what will happen is I'll I'll blindly follow other people's ways. And I've done that all my life, like never trusting my own judgment. And so blindly following what this person says and what that person says and what this person says until I realize like, I'm just in up to my eyeballs in stuff that isn't mine and that doesn't work for me. And, you know, and like the worst case of that was like with my marriage, you know, like I followed everybody's advice of this good guy and he's a great guy, but I ended up not marrying the right guy. I mean, I got my son out of it, so it was beautiful, but you know, just realizing that and having to unpick all of that and then starting from scratch again. I mean, I think I was 36 when I started from scratch again. And, and then I've just been very consciously like, well, what do I want to bring in? And is it in alignment? And, but it's super easy for me to go off the wagon again and like go, go listening to some coach or something and then go, I've got to do it this way and, and forgetting my own way. Yeah. But, but when but, I come to creating, it's always my own way. 
<laughs> Which is so interesting. So it's like when you're creating, you are complete manifestor flow. Like you found that or remembered that. Yeah. Really yeah, like, like I mean, like, you know, so when I'm painting or when I'm writing my books or anything, it's like I've never seen it as it comes from me. I've always seen it as it comes through me. Mm -hmm. And I always see my job in that as just to get out of my own way and allow that flow to happen. And one of the best ways I do that is being super in tune with my energy, with what, when and how to act as well. You know, so I, I did that video, I won't be laughing about it. Like, you know, the, the artists, a day in the life of an artist. And it was like, you know, just rolling around on my sofa, basically either crying or sleeping. And, <laughs> and like, you know, and, and then and allowing what needs to shift internally to come up and allowing myself to sleep and gather all the energy and, and stare into space and allow this space to be created where suddenly the inspiration comes and then I go paint and it can take like 10 minutes of painting and I'll be super like giggly and happy and laughing. But it's like there's three months beforehand of like rolling around on the floor, sleeping or moaning. <laughs> Which is a total manifester. So manifestors get internal urges and yeah. that's how the divine or the universe or whatever you want to call it shows you stuff and gives it to you internally. So yeah, it comes through you yeah. and you're supposed to like you, you get an urge, act on it and then rest kind of wait for the next urge yeah and that's exactly how i've created everything you know and that's like from six books to the art the huge big art pieces to the small illustrations and you know even now where like where i'm going off on a little slight tangent and it's just allowing what wants to come through and and not acting in any way out of should mm-hmm and like, that's been a huge lesson for me. And even over the last like two, three months, like my situation has massively changed. I'm now a single mum on my own with a child full time in a country that isn't my own country. Zero income to, to start where I started with and zero um, health insurance for like my kid and me. Like really just in a state of panic the last few months. And, and, and instead of actually going into that panic i've really allowed myself in my business to stop and to meditate and to sleep and to take time out and to not act until that urge came through how much practice does that take to be <laughs> able to do that to not or is it like a a balance beam where you're like okay i know the best thing for me is to stop do you know what? I think it wasn't even like it's been a practice for at least six years consciously. Um, but it got to a point where I think I had tried everything else and everything else had failed. And it was like, it's like do or die, right? I mean, I was, I'm, I'm at that point of like, I either figure this out now or I, I'm screwed. And so, I had no choice but to figure it out. And I just felt like, <clears throat> excuse me, it was too big for me to figure out, right? So I, I couldn't, like, if I tried to figure it out, there was just paralysis. And so it was this beautiful, like, alignment of circumstance, situation, panic, fear, everything, like, just meaning that, like, 
okay, I've got to be so purposeful with my time and what I do here that I'm not going to go off in the wrong tangent. I'm going to find that thing I'm here to deliver. I'm going to find that thing that I'm here to create. And all along, my intention has been my divine right income for my divine right purpose. Mm. I love that so much. Yeah. And it's like, and now, now things are opening and doors are opening and I'm, I'm getting the urges to act. And it's like, bam, 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 bam. And it's coming through so thick and fast now that I'm kind of laughing. And there's so much coming through that is work I've created over the past six years, even longer, eight years, coming back. And it's almost like, you know, and it started again with this painting I did with this, that where Venus came through as a, as an activation of internal wealth. Um, and in this painting and transmission, the whole message was about like, you are, you know, I am the cornucopia, you are the cornucopia of your own life. And, and since painting that picture, that's what's been coming out. Like, it's almost like I have been being shown my own inner wealth and realizing how much wealth I am sat on already. You know, like I have, I had a, I had a cupboard of books, like it's now down to about three, I think. <laughs> like, it's like, like, and I, I have all these paintings and I have all these illustrations and I, I have like these books and all the work I did on decluttering. And then suddenly it's like the universe is saying like, look at all the wealth you already have, but you haven't been sharing it. And now it's time to share it and just get it out there. So that's why, you know, like I was telling you, I built the, the platform, like it's my website, but we, you know, you called it my playground and it's so mm -hmm. true. And it's just this place where I can put all this and share it and not be, not be filtered by, I should do it this way. I should do it that way. Blah, 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 blah. Like just allowing myself to have this playground where, where as a viewer, you come to it and it's like a sweet shop. It's like a pick and mix sweet shop. Like you might not be in the mood for a massive channeled Archangel Michael, big, full in your face, heart opening painting, but you might be in the need, like in the mood for a kid's book that makes you suddenly like realize that you're loved or that it's okay to be angry or it's okay to be jealous or whatever. Like it's, you know, you might find like, you just, you don't know where you're going and like you can come to my website and you'll just stumble upon the right thing that you need. And that's what I trust. And it's like, that's what I want to create. It's like this, this amazing sweet shop. I remember, like, I'm going to talk about drugs now. I'm really sorry, audience. But like, I once did LSD and it was like my favorite time in the whole world. And I went to this amazing nightclub and everybody was a different sweet. And it was like, I was in the most amazing sweet shop you've ever seen in your life. And everybody was like the most amazing different sweet. Like candy, sorry, you guys say oh, no. I think everyone's with you. Yeah. And there was this one guy who was dancing so amazingly that he was like the best candy in the whole world. And I stood next to him all night thinking I was dancing. <laughs> like, and actually at the end of the night, the lights were on and I realized I'd just been stood staring at him all night. <laughs> like literally drawling, like he was the best candy ever. And, and I, that's what I want, my, I want my website to be like this, like, candy shop you come in and you you you're wanting that comfort you're wanting that sweet sugar hit comfort and wherever you find it whether you find it in a powerful transmission from an archangel or in, in a book or in an illustration or in coaching like you you're gonna get that thing that brings you back to your home and back to your soul and 
like that's what I want and so that's I guess as a manifesto I'm now giving myself permission to create that and giving myself permission to put that in the world and say like this is yours baby like go and enjoy and and that's exactly what it feels like that's actually exactly what it feels like to be in your energy oh really (laughs) yeah just like I need some Shirley time I don't know I don't know what I need oh look she's giving me what I need because she's a wealth of knowledge is not the right word I mean yeah you're wicked smart but like you're just a wealth of gold yeah and I feel like like and I can I can actually tap into that and feel that now you know I mean that's thanks to the Venus activation I think like that painting because I didn't I never felt like that before but now it's just like I can see it's like I've been brought here with this amazing pot of divine gold and I am the dispenser of it and I can just give it to whoever and whenever and whatever they need it's like oh here you go here you go and and it's just and it's all the same thing like like so you know one of the things I've really struggled with is I have all these different areas so like there's the fine art painting and I I put on my serious voice because it's (laughs) it is more serious it's less playful than me and then there's these like funny cute animal illustrations on Etsy and then there's my books and and there's all these different components and there's decluttering as well. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> like, you know, as within, so without. So decluttering is a huge thing in my life too. Um, but I just realized like, you know, I thought before I always had to focus on just one or the other. And I realized it's all connected because it's all about you shining your own light and finding that way, like through the darkness back, you know, finding your own light in your own darkness. Because I'm not afraid to go into the dark. I'm not afraid to sit there in the nasty emotions of it all. In, and I, I do like my books, you know, two of them are about death and about grief and loss. And it's like, I'm not afraid to go there and I'm not afraid to make you laugh while you're crying. No, you're the light in the dark. Yeah, I'm owning that. <laughs> but it means I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not always Pollyanna. I'm not always bubbly. Like I'll, because I, to be that I have to go through so much darkness. Mm-hmm. And so I've been through huge amounts of darkness and where I've not seen any light. And I've, I've, you know, really struggled to find my own light. I just realized that every time you go through the dark, you get more powerful. Yes. Your light gets brighter. Yeah. And you probably pick up more gold to catapult out yeah. into the universe. Yeah. And what's fascinating, and it, you know, like I, I think we have a mutual friend, Catherine Greenfield. Greenfield. <laughs> Don't go. <laughs> That's all I've got the surname one. Oh, hang on. Um, and she talks about like with the awakening. She talks about this the quickening, and it's so true because like you know, in the past, the darkness would last a year, six months, two years. Like it would, it was intense. You know, like I think my postpartum um, depression was like five years in total. Whereas now it's like I can be in and out in like 20 minutes. <laughs> We've talked about that before, how quickly yeah. things go and how, how we're both horrible at knowing like what happened two hours ago because that was like a month ago. Oh, exactly. And it's, <laughs> and it's so funny because like, you know, I'll be like, happy, happy, happy. And then something will happen and it's like the worst thing in the world and there's doom and gloom and I want to kill myself and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's so interesting because it's almost like you're schizophrenic in some ways, but it's like, 
you forget and then you you know and then you suddenly remember oh it's just that like <laughs> it's like that sort of sheepish laugh is like you know and I think I was even saying to you last week there was a couple of moments when I like threw my hands up in the air dramatically it was like why have you forsaken me divine <laughs> you know like as if I'm Jesus on the cross like for goodness sake <laughs> and what came out of that when you did say like why have you forsaken me do you know what? There was just this beautiful spaciousness. So what happened last week was like, I really ran out of money. And I was just hovering around zero for maybe like two weeks. And I would get like 40 bucks come in from a print sale. And I'd just be like, okay, we can eat. We can go and buy some food this like today. And you know, other than that, we're going to eat what's in the cupboard, Samuel. Like, you know, we, I, I was literally hand to mouth. And part of it was about letting go of my ex-husband's money. And it was this beautiful sense of, like, I, I remember visibly, like, viscerally feeling and sitting there on Thursday. And I could feel like the the suffocating clutches of fear all around me. And yet I was just in this little space of calm and I could see the other side of the fear. And there was just this, and it was almost like the other side of zero. And I could just see there was something there. And it was, and it was almost like, it's like die, you know, like die before you die. And it was like, oh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being zero. I'm okay with, I, I'm actually completely, okay with this and like, it was like the fear couldn't quite get to me because I wasn't I was I was no longer buried by it I was like I'm okay with it take me like I'm not gonna even if I die I'm gonna be okay like and and so there was just this space where I could see this other side and what there was and like yeah crazy since since Thursday it's been like so many different opportunities and doors opening and and just and gifts coming my way and beautiful people turning up in my life and like even even Sunday when we were meant to have a group coaching call and it's just me and you no one else turned up and it was just like whoa like <laughs> and you said to me like when I stamp my foot or whatever when I say it's like and that as a manifesto that's you know the world shifts and it was almost like I'd said like okay I am done with that old story I am now ready to live my purpose and I'm mm -hmm. not going to do anything else instead. So it's exciting. And I'm still yeah, like, it's like you shake the world. Yeah. Felt that. I could, I can feel that now. And I haven't like, and even up until last week, it's like, I've always maybe felt it, but been terrified of it. And maybe I've needed to wait this long so that I can, have the humbleness and humility to not shake the world in a bad way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, historically Alexander the great and like Caesar, all of, all of the like major military people in history were all manifestors. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. So it's like, I think manifestors somehow have this like maybe ancestral fear of their own power. Like, am I going to do good things? with yeah. my power or am I going to just like become a dictator? Well, there's a polarity as well, right? I mean, I, so 
I don't know if your readers know, but I, I studied homeopathic medicine. I'm a qualified homeopath. Like, took me, you know, I studied it for eight years and then practiced it for a few years. And I was very heavily into the periodic table and the remedies, like, the, you know, the, the remedies within the periodic table and the, all the minerals. And, and, and I remember this one lecture where I was listening and understanding and like exploring these this set of remedies the uranium series and then and then the person said you know like adolf hitler and mother Teresa were highly likely to be the same remedy to need the same remedy at points in their life and it was like well yeah like this you know i i imagine this the spiral the seven degrees of like consciousness and unconsciousness in either way and it's like either end of the scale so i think there's always that pull with and with all of us that there is this there is the angel and there is the devil and we do go in and out of both like we 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 are pulled into the darkness just as much as we go into the lightness and and so that's again that's i think that's part of the power thing it's like we have sorry we have the power in both in all of us like we have the power to go in either direction and as a manifesting a manifesto you know like that power is extreme what does it feel like in your body <laughs> probably tickly <laughs> 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 yeah it's, it's like it's hard to explain it's i think i've i've always been incredibly sensitive in my body and incredibly ticklish and then i like really turned a lot of that off and I'm still in the process of like re getting back into my body and re understanding it and, and, and unnumbing my body. But when I feel the power, like it's really in my sacral, it's in my stomach. It's like this, it's like this weight that pulls me into the ground in a grounded solid way of power. Mm -hmm. And that's so interesting when I say that because I've spent all my life being out of my body and all up in the clouds and <laughs> and very ungrounded. <laughs> and I guess as I'm coming into this power, it's like it's like it's almost like a vortex. It's always it's always felt like a sort of funnel shape before, but I'm like all up, up and out. And now I feel like the vortex of the coming in and down mm. and the grounding of, of the, you know all of that up there into the ground, all of the light, all of the, the spirit into physicality. And that's cool. Yeah. You're bringing light to the earth. Yeah. Yeah. I can step into that now. <laughs> I don't think I could have even said, I don't think I could have even said that six days ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yet from the outside, I mean, we were talking before we started recording, we've never met in person. So I asked you how tall you are. So, (laughs) and I thought because your, your aura, your energy is so big, you, I thought you were at least (laughs) 5'10". No, (laughs) I'm six foot four. No, I'm not. (laughs) I am 5'2". I'm super small and little and petite and... And yeah, and and yet in my head, I have huge beliefs that I'm fat, I'm big, I'm... Oh, that's just your energy is so big. 
and I think that's partly what it is. It's like I I feel bigger than my body, and and so I feel incredibly uncomfortable in my body a lot of the times, and I'm really short. Like, <laughs> well, it's, I mean, like at Manifestor, you can't sneak in, you can't sneak around. No, like, and I think we're gonna I, know. Yeah, I think I even said that to you as well when you said yeah. it to me on Sunday, and I said, yeah, even if I try and sneak in a like a meeting late, I'll fall over the chair. Yeah. <laughs> Spill, spill tears of it. I mean, I remember going to like my first. I went to this beer runners group here the first time I'm there, and like we we go for the run, and then we sit at the table and order drinks, and then this is like really timid little petite man opposite me who's like, you know, I feel like he's terrified of me as it is, and I sit down, spill his entire pint of beer all over him. <laughs> It's just like I can't help it. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> you're just like your energy. Well, first of all, your energy like takes up so much more space than you do. So like you don't know what's happening out there, but it's actually you, and you're just like, hello world. Yeah. And this guy was just like, oh my god. And then all of a sudden, his drink is just like all over him. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, but yeah. So it's. I think again, I'm just learning to own that and be okay with it, and 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 because as well, I think I've always felt my impact on people. That I've I've really shrunk myself. Like I've always tried to be smaller than I am because I'm worried how other people will react. And I just I've just got over that. I'm, I've got to a point now. Where I'm like, you know what? The people who I cared about reacted and they didn't like it. So now the people that I actually care about don't react and they love it. So. And that's a manifestor thing too. Like manifestors are told or feel like they've been told that they're too big. They're too much. Mm. They're too loud. They're too, 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 whatever. And so manifestors typically shrink, shrink themselves and often try and be people pleasers. They try and be friends with everyone and have everyone love them. Oh yeah. Like I became the best mirror, right? I could be, you know, and I grew up in a really kind of rough area, but educated parents. And so went to a kind of really rough school, but kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. And so I learned very quickly not to stick out like a sore thumb. I learned very quickly to know how to to speak everybody's language and fit in everywhere. So even like when I worked in like you know I had a stint of working in construction and I would be talking to laborers one minute who were like completely illiterate right up to like super angry skilled craftsmen right up to like management level and directors and finances you know and I'd be talking about finance and I was able to talk to everybody and no one ever thought I was above or below them because I had that ability to people please. I have that ability to just be the reflection of what whoever I'm talking to needs to see or be. And it's been a good skill, but it's also, I've had to learn how to it not be to my detriment. Yeah. Yeah, because because your energy is so powerful, like there are people that are going to be raving fans of Shirley and there are people who are not. Yeah. And so your lesson is to learn that those of us who are raving fans of Shirley, I'm one, um, that we're enough. Yeah. We're what you need. Yeah. To start your movement. Yeah. And then, you know, and the other thing is, is like, I don't need me, like, 
like everything I create comes through me, right? It really isn't part, I don't feel like it's part of me. I, I, I guess there's my signature in it, but there is this sense that it doesn't really belong to me and it isn't of me anyway. And so I'm like, that's what I want the world to be raving fans of is the work. Like, I don't really care about me. I quite like my private life. I, I like my son and my partner and our little quiet little, you know, family that we're gathering and and it's just it's it's a nice sweet life and so I'm not fussed about where I fit in it as long as I'm kind you know I want to be able to protect the lovely little life I've got but I also want the the work I produce to have this huge impact because I want you know like there was books that I I now still hold dear to my heart that you know the author's long passed away and and yet those books are still bringing light and they still have that power. And that's what I want for my artwork and for my books. It's like, I, I, that's, that's what I want the world to be receiving, not necessarily me. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> You're he- I mean, you are so clearly here to create. Yeah. And so it's your creations that will spread around the world and you yeah. can stay wherever you want to stay. Yeah, that said, I do love the limelight. I do like these interviews. <laughs> I mean, I am a Leo after all. <laughs> I can't remember if you're if you have a um, bit in your chart that's about like I love the spotlight and then like to get out of the spotlight. Probably, I probably do. <laughs> Sounds very like me. <laughs> so, will you tell us a little more about your work, please? Okay, which one? What do you want to know? I want to talk about your books. Okay. I'm so exciting. I'm getting one in the mail really soon. I know, it's on my desk ready to post. <laughs> um, so when I moved to Montreal, like my son was five and within three months, my marriage fell apart. And it was just like, you know, you, I almost saw it as like, I'd created this amazing support network in England. So I had this amazing life in England. And it didn't really, so it didn't really bother me that my marriage was just, wasn't what I wanted it to be because it wasn't just, like it really was just not massively a big deal. But when I moved abroad and realized that all of my support networks and friends and everything wasn't there, it was like there was nothing holding my marriage together anymore. Um, And so we split up after three months and it was really tough on my little boy because he just moved to a whole new country different language as well because it's Montreal it's French um like we'd gone from big house big garden two cars to like no cars tiny apartment no garden middle of winter in Canada tough right and then and then his mum and dad split up so then his mum's living in an even crappier apartment (laughs) and he really struggled and he's looking to me for like all the answers and I am just like like I feel like him I don't feel any older than him I feel just as lost just as lonely just as scared and so what I ended up doing was creating the books we both needed then and so they're kids books for adults in a way and they're adult books for kids like they 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 cross generations but at the end of the day when we're hurting and when we're in pain or we're going through trauma or change it isn't like our grown-up sensible self that reacts. It's our inner child, right? 
it's it's all of the childhood trauma we ever experienced all the abandonment we felt like when our friend didn't want to be our friend anymore or whatever like you know right up to the big horrible stuff in it's our child that reacts it's the little girl inside us or the little boy inside us that wants to cry and so i wrote an illustrated like five books that dealt with all of these different emotions that I went through. So there was love, there was joy. Joy actually was the first one I wrote and it was because I'd been through like five years of postnatal depression and not really realized it. Well, I did realize it. I knew I was super depressed, <laughs> but it was, you know, but, and then realizing like only I could find my happiness. I was living in Canada. I was on my own. I was as lonely as you could ever be my biggest fear of abandonment had completely come true. And it was just like, oh my God, I've got to figure out how to be happy again. And so I remember Googling ways to be happy. And one of them was like sitting in front of the mirror and grinning at yourself five times a day for a minute at a time. And so I literally, from the floor where I would fall when I got home from school, because I was so depressed, like I would literally just slide down the door onto the floor and stay on the floor until it was time to pick him up. I had a mirror there, so I literally just turned and would set the timer and grin at myself. And so there was all these things I started doing, all these like silly little activities that made me find my own inner joy to the point where one day I was walking down the street back from school and this man gave me like the biggest, loveliest grin. And I was like, wow. And then I realized it's because I was grinning at him and he was just responding back to me and I had no idea like it, and I suddenly realized because I went to smile that I was already smiling and and so like the joy was the first book I wrote which and I, I wrote it as the most boring ebook you've ever read like what you should do is sit in front of a mirror and smile at yourself five times a day whatever like that's what I wrote and then I did all these really cute animal illustrations and then I was like why am I writing like, why is it written like this? Like, I'm going to turn it into fun kids' rhymes, like a Dr. Seuss book, like a, you know, and just make it fun, make it silly, make it the joyful experience that it is. And so that was the first one that was born. And then there was love. And I honestly just didn't really understand love. I didn't, like, I don't think my parents have ever said I love you to me. I've never had any understanding of what love was, really. I didn't know how to love. I don't think I've ever really been loved for who I am um, or I hadn't been. And so I went, I, I had to explore and understand what love was. And so I, that was the second book I wrote, which was just an exploration really of like, what is it? What are all these feelings? What, how does one interact and relate to someone? Um, and I, and all the pictures in it, like I purposely chose predator prey relationships. So all the, most of the pictures, there were like a couple, two animals, but they're all like predator prey. And because I really wanted to play with this idea of like, you know, who, who is your enemy? Who is your best friend? Like, who is your lover? Like, how do you know? And, and, and so I, you know, I played with these beautiful characters and realized there's just so much love. There's so much love there. And, and it's such a cute, beautiful book. It's lovely for, you know, Valentine's gift. It's lovely just for yourself. It's lovely to share with your kids so that they can understand about love too, because it's crazy. Like, you know, no one really teaches you about love. They talk about it all the time and no one actually teaches you what the hell it is or how to love, you know, and realizing that like, you know, 
you actually love is a verb right you don't just it's not just a word like you don't just name it you have to actually be love you have to actually act love and be love and be loving towards people otherwise it's not love it's just a name it's just a word that means nothing mm. so yeah and then I'd also experienced a huge amount of loss um and I and so did my son and that loss didn't have to be through death for it still to feel and go through grief grieving you know for us to still have to grieve what was lost and and so that's when I wrote the book loss and I, and it, it it covers all kinds of loss it's it covers death but it's also it covers just any kind of loss it's that you know all the feelings all the emotions that you go through when you're sort of plummeted down the hole suddenly that you weren't expecting and told that that's gone from your life now and it's it's really tough it's you know especially you know these and it's different there's there's the loss that's sudden and then there's the loss that you kind of almost know about before it's coming and you've got to deal with that then so yeah and and then I got sick and tired of self-help books too because I'm a complete book addict and so I wrote Grow which was a self-help book for kids and for for me when I needed you know like those moments when you are just like you're stuck or you don't know what where you're at or you feel like you've just failed and it's like it's just a book and you can just flick through it and you'll open it on the right page and just there's a silly funny poem and a funny picture but at the end of the day the message is just like it's exactly what you needed to hear and you didn't have to go read a 300 page book to get it you know that's got no pictures like why people want to read pictures <laughs> is beyond me <laughs> seriously man i feel like just because we grow up it doesn't mean we should lose the pictures <laughs> my dear so so yeah and then and then the last book was let it be and it was basically just a collection of all of the poems that were too good to lose not they were too good to lose but they had come about from the other books and what I realized was it was just actually an exploration of like all those emotions that and life, just like the bittersweet qualities of life. So those were those books. Um, and then I also wrote a book about um, doggy death because I'd experienced the loss of these. I'd, I'd never been a dog person. I've always been a cat person. And yet one day I remember saying to my friend very specifically, I feel that doggy medicine is trying to get through to me. Like, everywhere I go there's dogs they're all trying to come towards me and love me and and I ended up dating this man who had like the two worst dogs a dog a non-dog person who's terrified of dogs could ever imagine like the biggest the hairiest the dribbliest the smelliest dogs you've ever met in your life and yet I had this relationship with these two dogs that was based on pure unconditional love and I had never experienced it. I'd never experienced unconditional love. And there were these two dogs that I would generally probably just run a mile from, <laughs> unconditionally loving me. And then that relationship broke up because it was never about the guy. He was just horrible. But like, he was always about the dogs. I remember being so heartbroken for the loss of these dogs. And then I actually had a, a friend who I was masterminding with at the time, and she had she was a lover of dogs and pugs and she had this dog um, Buddha that was 19. He was about to turn 19 and she was, she, he had lots of special needs. She had a lot of, a lot of her dogs were obvious 
like weren't in good health. They had a lot of special needs problems, but Budo had been with her for 19 years. And so I kind of wrote this book for her and for Budda and for when she lost Budda, because it wasn't, it was shortly after um, the book had been published that he passed away. So he lived a really, really good age. Um, but it was taking, you know, the knowledge that I'd had with these two dogs and that experience of this complete unconditional love and all of these gifts. It's funny now, like my partner now has this amazing, like amazing dog who thinks it's a cat. And I had a cat who thought it was a dog and my, my cat has sadly passed since then, the one of them, but it was like same soul, two different bodies. <laughs> So yeah, so there's a, you know, that I have these books and, and they just, you know, now I'm sort of starting to talk about them more and get them out there and realize how potent they are. Where can people buy them? So you can get them on my website. So this it's soulartbyshirley.com. And then if you scroll to the bottom, in the footer, there's a link to the bookstore, or you could just type soul art by shirley.com forward slash book dash store we'll put the direct link in the show notes yeah yeah so um you can get them there you can get them on amazon and also on my etsy shop mm. so the link to my etsy shop also on my website okay and your paintings are on your website and yeah. anything else on your website just the coaching so the like i mean what everything i do is about bringing you into your own light really and your own power and back to your soul and igniting that light so like everything you'll find on my website will be part of that even if it's if it's a blog if it's poetry if it's the transmissions the paintings um or the books or the illustrations it's all you know even with my illustrations you know i I've always painted animals doing human things because I think animals sum up humanity way better than humans. <laughs> and I feel that when we see humanity in an animal, it gives us a deeper level of reflection and a deeper mirror that, of recognition because it's, it's slightly removed from us, but it's almost like because of that, it's almost a more powerful reflection. Um, yeah, and with the paintings, you know, they are soul transmissions, they're soul art transmissions from the light beings, from your higher self, and they reflect back, like, the the full, infinite power of who you are. And Powerful stuff, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. If Like, so for anyone who's just like, oh my god, I'm a raving fan of Shirley Harvey, there are ways to get more Shirley in your life then go to soulartbyshirley.com. There we go. My, my playground. <laughs> yes. Go play with Shirley on her playground. It's a really yeah, cool playground. Go, go to my candy shop and pick a mix. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you feel like on the day, it will be there. I love you. Thank you for doing this. Oh, I love you too. It's so mm. amazing. You're thank such you. a music, beautiful, magical being. And thank you for showing me that I am a manifester and bringing that into my life because I did not know before I before you mentioned it. So. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, what'd you think? Did you fall in love with Shirley all over again? Are you gonna go buy one of her books? I personally am in love with her love book. I love The Penguin and the Polar Bear. I love all of her art. I love her poetry. I love her words. I love her whimsy. I love her energy. So please support Shirley, support her work, and please support the Find Your Awesome podcast. Please share this episode wherever you share things. Please leave us a review, leave us all the stars, share your favorite episode. And if you feel called to support the Find Your Awesome podcast financially, please go to patreon.com slash Kelsey Abbott. Thank you so much. Remember, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're powerful AF and you are here to sparkle and shine. Go be it. <laughs>